We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? Uh, before we get into today's episode, which is uh, basically a Mavs obituary <laughs> for, for the 2022-23 season, I just wanted to let y'all know that at the, the beginning of this pod, uh, my co-host Drew Johnson, uh, DJ, he, was, uh, he had some headphones in that was causing a little bit of static on his end. Uh, so for the first for the first ten minutes of this one, uh, when he's talking, there's going to be a little bit of static there. But we got the situation fixed uh, after that point, and so the remaining uh, thirty minutes of this pod, uh, it's a it's a smoother listen. Listen. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I didn't want everybody to be kind of uh, you know shell shocked by that, but uh, the audio quality, um, at least when you know on his end when he's talking, it's a little bit. Uh, a little bit shaky here at the start, but we did get it fixed uh, as we went uh, throughout the pod. So uh, appreciate y'all's patience with that. I tried my best to smooth it over uh, in the editing process here, but uh, it just kind of is what it is. So I really appreciate y'all's patience, and I appreciate y'all coming in and listening to us every single week. Uh, and we will have a lot of off-season content for you throughout this summer so keep coming back hit that subscribe button uh, go follow us on twitter at dalton underscore trig and at coach drew 33 and i hope you enjoy the episode on the way hit it hard rebound batted around it's taken by luca he hits he hits with a second to go as he hits the deck tie 115 it worked it totally worked 10 assists 21 rebounds, 47 minutes played, and now 60 points for the first time in Mavericks history. Hi, this is Luka Doncic, and you're listening to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined by my co-host, Drew Johnson. I call him DJ. You guys know him by now. Um, he is CoachDrew33 on Twitter. You can find myself at Dalton underscore Trig on Twitter. Uh, talking about the Mavs daily, uh, and I have a couple of uh, interesting hypotheticals that I've, I've put out there uh, since the Mavs season came to an end that y'all might want to go check out if you haven't already. Uh, but DJ, I mean, the, the, this season... 
uh, is finally over. Mercifully, uh, it God. is over. <laughs> it has come to an end. Um, you know, it 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 didn't. It didn't end the way we wanted it to. The Mavs finished the season 38 and 44. It was a awkward, weird, uh, just kind of unsettling last week because they actually had a, a legitimate chance uh, to make the play in if they, you know, continued to to play hard through those last few games. But the front office finally pulled the plug uh, with two games left, and they started tanking. They they sat Luca. Uh, and Kyrie, uh, well, they, they sat Luca for the final three quarters of that Bulls game that was the second to last game, and then they sat everybody uh, for the last game against the Spurs, and they were ended up being down like 42 to 14 after the first quarter. It was just atrocious. <laughs> but yeah. The most blatant – the most blatant tank job I've seen in quite some time, you know, even though it's not quite as bad as some of the teams that have been doing it uh, all season, but um, uh, Jason Kidd came out after that Chicago Bulls game and basically admitted that, you know, he got the order from uh, top management, Mark Cuban, Nico Harrison, that that's the route they were going to go. Uh, you're not supposed to say the quiet part out loud, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> Jason Kidd, like Jason Kidd did. Uh, so naturally the NBA opened an investigation uh, the following day and that was to be expected. And I know some people are freaking out, but I mean, that's, that's basically just going to end in a, in a fine that Mark Cuban has to pay. And then he'll, he'll match that fine, uh, to a charity like he always does. And, you know, everybody will move on. Uh, he got fined six hundred thousand dollars for you know a similar incident that happened in twenty eighteen. So, Mavs, when you're tanking, stop talking about it, and you won't get fined for it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, DJ, look, I, it's uh, it's not the season we thought it would be. Uh, we we both knew coming in to this year that it was going to be, you know, a struggle losing Jalen Brunson, especially before they replaced his. Um, you know, his actual role by trading for Kyrie. But by doing that, you got rid of your best perimeter defender and you gutted your depth by, you know, getting rid of Spencer Dinwiddie too. And they just couldn't make up for it. I mean, they maybe if they had had more – if Luca and Kyrie had had more time playing with each other without the, the nagging injuries that, uh, that kept popping up and, you know, some of the weird – uh, rotation decisions and you know there, there's a lot of stuff that happened in this last the second half of the season that you know just uh, just kept the Mavs from getting over the hump and it's finally over uh, we get to wipe the slate clean and hopefully this this uh, you know front office comes out and makes some some big moves this summer so uh, the biggest thing uh, and I talked to you about this before we jumped on here but the biggest thing is the lottery that's coming up on May 16th. The Mavs are locked into that. Uh, the biggest thing is the lottery on May 16th. The Mavs are locked into that 10th spot now, uh, which is, you know, that, that's what they were tanking for. The, the worst case scenario would, would have been if they had won out uh, and then still didn't make the play in, and then they ended up 11th, and you're basically, you know, giving the Knicks that, that pick. Uh, now, it's not a given that the Mavs will stay at 10th because you can always 
move up in the lottery, which has happened to the Mavs a handful of times uh, in their franchise history. But uh, they are 10th now. They have a almost a 14% chance of jumping into the top four. They have a 3% chance of jumping into the, the number one spot. Uh, and that's the first domino that we have to have fall uh, for this offseason to, to kind of set the tone. You know, it, it'll give us more of a blueprint of what to expect, you know, heading into the draft and potential trade opportunities or if they're going to keep the pick, prospects that they're going to, you know, target, who's a good fit, who's not, you know, all that good stuff. So uh, I guess after my five-minute ramp here, I will now get your thoughts on, you know, this season in general, I know it was a failure, but just in your eyes, like, is it something that, you know, we should be worried about uh, as far as Luca's future is concerned? Because there was speculation over the weekend that uh, ESPN's Tim McMahon, he, he said that the Mavs themselves are kind of worried uh, that they need to get their stuff together pretty quick. Uh, or Luca could potentially request a trade by next summer. And then, you know, when Luca was asked about it uh, in the exit interviews after that San Antonio game on Sunday, he was just like, well, I didn't say that. And he went on to say that he's happy in Dallas and there's nothing to worry about and all that. So uh, obviously well, he's going to say that. Like <laughs> he yeah. isn't going to yeah. just come out and say that he's going to demand a trade. I mean, LeBron James did the exact same thing before he left Cleveland both times. So, you know, I, I don't put much stock into that. The fact of the matter is the Mavs should be worried because, uh, you know, even though I think the Kyrie Irving move was a great move and a necessary move, everything else kind of blew up in our face this year. And our main issue is depth. We have got to ac- accumulate some more depth somehow. Um, and, of course, that's where the draft lottery comes into play and seeing what we can maybe – turn picks into I gotta say though it would be very hard for me to turn down when Ben Yama um <laughs> and that's just me he checks so many boxes he does so many good things he would not only give us a shot blocking rim protecting and glass eating presence but he can do some really once in a lifetime things as far as someone his size being able to use to manipulate the basketball is concerned um i really can't say enough about him and another guy that i would really target if i'm dallas would be uh brandon miller out of alabama uh simply because he checks the box yeah just simply because he checks the boxes of being a long tall wing three and d defender uh i think he would be tremendous alongside luca and Kyrie. um so those are really my main two uh, that I'm looking at if I'm Dallas, uh, if I get a top three pick. Um, but that's a big if. I mean, what, what are the, what's the percentage chance of that? Well, again, the top if, – if they're going to jump into the top four, they've got a 14% chance of that. If they're, if they're going to get the number one pick, they've got a 3% chance to do that. So, I mean, it's not, it's not likely, but we've seen teams with, you know, a less – percentage chance than that jump up before or in that, same, in, in that same spot uh, jump up before. So, I mean, it's not, it's not out of the realm of possibility. The Mavs have never moved up once in their history. I mean, you'd think 
<laughs> at some point, if you have enough tries, that eventually it's going to happen and they're going to end up having some good luck and move up. Uh, but I mean, look, even if they don't move up, as long as long as they don't move to 11th and they keep the pick, they're going to have some pretty good options, whether they go to, you know, try to trade it or keep the pick. Because if you're going to have a top 10 pick, you know, this is one of those drafts that you want to have a top 10 pick because it's so deep. Uh, you know, I, I've heard multiple people say that, you know, you have you have talent that could be like your best one through three player on your roster you have that kind of level talent going all the way through like pick number 20 in this yeah. draft so uh that that means a lot that means the Mavs have a chance of getting a real difference maker if they do keep the pick and if it, you know it's at number 10 that also means that the value of that pick is going to be more than it would be in certain years where you know the prospects aren't as strong as what they are this year but um one thing you and I have talked about, you know, behind closed doors is, you know, if they do end up with the 10th pick and, you know, you say you want to trade trade back, uh, I think this is a, a year where you could find a team, you know, with a couple picks in the, and there's a few teams that have a couple first rounders, you know, you could trade back into the mid to late first round and turn that number 10 pick into – two first round picks and you still get two high quality players. And one guy who I know, you know, you've been kind of beating the drum for, for a while now, you've been on this train forever. And now I'm starting to see, you know, other people come forward and say, Hey, this guy might be a guy the Mavs need to look into, but uh, Derek Lively yes. uh, is a guy that, you know, seems to check the boxes for what the Mavs would need at center. So uh, what, what specifically intrigues you about lively and, you know, his potential fit with the Mavs if, if they were to go that route? Well, he's everything that we need on the defensive end, as far as rim protecting is concerned. Um, I don't know if he led the NCAA in blocks this year, but he was really damn close. Um, and, not just blocks, but clutch blocks in big moments, defensive stops that we need or that we would need. Um, you know, he would be a catalyst for that. Uh, he also checks the box of being a very good offensive rebounder. Um, and which is, you know, the more opportunities you give an offense that has both Luca and hopefully Kyrie uh, as their superstars, you know, that could be deadly. And, you know, he, he really reminds me a lot of somebody that also played for the Mavs uh, during um, <clears throat> during that last championship run, uh, one you might be quite familiar with, uh, Tyson Chandler. Um, Absolutely. And uh, he, uh, I mean, he's just, they're, they're very similar players. And, you know, Obviously, Tyson's songs will be sung for a long, long time over in Dallas for the part that he had in that in that uh, world championship. Um, so, you know, to be able to bring in a guy that's even similar uh, to one of the heroes of uh, Dallas basketball history, I think we need to look into that very seriously. He also possesses some ball skills that Chandler did not and that we have – really haven't seen him use at the collegiate level just because of the way he was used 
John Shire uh, and Duke University. Um, but can you still hear me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's crystal clear. Okay, good. I uh, I, I changed my earphones. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, he's got some ball skills that, you know, we haven't really seen at the collegiate level. But if you go back and you look at his high school film, especially his last summer of AAU ball, uh, he has some ball skills that are really intriguing. I mean, he can kind of stretch the floor a little bit. Like he's not just a one trick pony. He's not just an athlete. The guy is a lot more skilled than people give him credit for. And is a lot more skilled than I think we've seen as of recently. And I think he'd be a tremendous pick. I really do. He's actually my sleeper for the draft. It's re- it's, it's really funny that, you know, ever since Tyson Chandler left, it seems like everybody is just, that's what everybody's been looking for. It's like, who is the next Tyson Chandler? Because he was such a perfect fit next to Dirk. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, it was the missing piece. You know, Dirk was excellent. He was, you know, he did everything perfect as far as like his mid range jumper and his post game. And he could shoot the threes every now and then. He was a, he was a better rebounder than what people give him credit for. Uh, but, you know, that he just needed that extra security blanket on the defensive end to, to clean up mistakes and and to protect the rim and Tyson Chandler was just was just perfect for that team and yep. they've had a couple players come through where it's like okay well maybe this can be the next Tyson Chandler uh and it just hasn't worked the DeAndre uh Jordan experiment maybe if they had pulled it out in 2015 before he changed his mind in free agency maybe that would have been you know optimal for for yep. being placement but it didn't happen and then by the time they got him in 2018 he was he was on the you know on the lesser side of his career and it didn't work out uh so i mean look i i I can see the actual mold for tyson chandler and Derek lively and the potential like you said is higher because he can do more uh with the ball than what tyson was able to so long story short i would be thrilled if the Mavs were able to you know turn that number 10 pick if they don't trade it for like you know win now players or a good young established you know maybe rising star type player something like that if they can just turn that pick into multiple first rounders and you know kind of kind of replenish their asset cupboard so to speak I I think that's one of the best ways to uh to fast track this this quick rebuild that's going to have to happen because something extreme has to happen at this point. Yes, uh, they can't. And Jason Kidd alluded to it uh, in exit interviews uh, after that Spurs game and said that there's a lot of guys that aren't going to be back at this point. And I mean, just speculating here uh, and based on some stuff I've seen and heard and all that. I think it's safe to say that, you know, Christian Wood is not going to be back. No. Uh, that that experiment did not go the way that the Mavs wanted it to. Uh, by all accounts, he's a great guy. Like, he's easy to get along with just individually. But, you know, he just – there's just certain things. Like, uh, Tim McMahon went on uh, 105.3 The Fan earlier today and was talking about how, like, you know, Wood would – routinely he would show up late for stuff, (laughs) you know, Uh, know, stuff like that. So, I mean, 
he's just and he said he's just not really a team guy. So I mean, there's there's stuff that you know coming into the season, people said, oh, you know, Wood, he's not a winner. Uh, you know, he he affects the locker room uh, morale and all this other stuff. I don't know if he intends to do that because, like I said, as a just as a person, as his personality and everything, seems like he's a nice enough guy. But you know, when you're routinely doing stuff like that, and the the team knows you're not about the team, uh, you know that can really affect things. So it's a shame because he has so much talent. Uh, you know, if he could really apply himself and and stick with it, but. Uh, I think it's safe to say the Christian Wood experiment in Dallas is over. I would be shocked. <coughs> excuse me. I would be shocked if JaVel McGee is back. You know, that was a that was a bad signing from the get-go. They paid him yeah. way too much money for a 34 going on 35-year-old center. Uh, you know, they, he's not going to be back. Dwight Powell. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I, here's the thing with Dwight Powell. I don't mind having Powell as a backup center on a on a cheap contract. You know, if 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 Powell is making like you know four or five million dollars a year as a backup center, I'm fine with that because the dude tries hard. Uh, I think he would be excellent as a backup center, but he can't be your starter going forward. So my gut feeling tells me that Powell will be back, and I hope it'll be on a much cheaper contract than his last deal. Uh, cause you can't pay a guy 10, $11 million a year 
who you can't start in the playoffs. I mean, that just – that can't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, Reggie Bullock, he might not be back. Uh, you know, he gets it going in the second half of the season, but his defense fell off this year and he's getting older. Uh, there, there's just a lot of question marks on this roster. Tim Hardaway Jr. is probably not going to be back. They've tried to trade him at the deadline these last two seasons and it never happened. Uh, and then you had the recent drama with Tim Hardaway Sr. coming out and, you know, blasting Luca and Kyrie saying that they weren't uh, leaders in the locker room. And then Tim Hardaway Jr. had to come out and say, <laughs> uh, kind of, he was kind of just like, sorry for my dad, guys. I do not think this. That's his own. <laughs> yeah. That's his own thoughts. And he tried to, you know, uh, cover it up for his dad a little bit. But, you know, I, I just don't think he's going to be back next year either. I don't know. We'll have to see how it goes. The, but, you know, the biggest thing, like I said, what's going to set the tone is the lottery. Will the Mavs get lucky? Will they finally move up? If they don't move up, can they at least avoid the catastrophe of, you know, not moving to uh, 11th and stay at 10th and keep the pick? Uh, and then once you get past that point, you have from May 16th to, let's see, I think June 24th or somewhere in there is when the draft is. So you have a month after the lottery to kind of plan what you're going to do with that pick. Uh, And then you have a chance to upgrade the roster on draft night before you even get to free agency. So as much as Kyrie Irving has enjoyed his time in Dallas, you know, I I think he enjoys the way the media has covered him uh, compared to how – you know, vicious <laughs> the coverage was in uh, in Brooklyn and even yeah. Boston. Even Boston, you know, the 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 media coverage was kind of you know harsh on him there too. So I think he's really enjoyed that aspect of it. I think he enjoys playing with Luca specifically uh, because you know when both of those two were on the court together, they had an offensive rating of over 120, uh, which would be you know historic levels. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. <laughs> If that's sustained. So uh, I think he enjoys playing with Luca. I think he, you know, has a good respect level uh, for Jason Kidd and Nico Harrison and Mark Cuban. And, you know, it, it seems like a good fit for him, you know, culturally and, you know, offensively and everything. The Mavs just have to find a way to uh, fill in the gaps around him and Luca with more defense. So I think. I think as long as Mark Cuban isn't cheap, as long as he doesn't overthink it, because I know how Cuban is. He's like every successful, like you you don't become a billionaire by, you know, not being cheap to some extent. Like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) You don't want to ever, you know, bid against yourself. So I understand that Cuban, because like, I forgot what article. Uh, oh, no, he, he spoke to the media uh, last Wednesday, and he was talking about how – because they asked him if Kyrie was a max player. And, you know, he said something to the effect of, I don't know, you know, there's always a too high price depending or something like that. Uh, uh, and, I'm, and I'm thinking, you know, I get that you don't want to bet against, bid against yourself, but you, you absolutely cannot repeat the Brunson situation. No. You can't misjudge a guy's value 
and you know potentially miss out on because this time if you you know you lost Brunson for nothing, but you know it was a guy you drafted. You didn't have to trade anything to get Jalen Brunson. If you lose Kyrie for nothing, you gave up Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, and a 2019. I mean a 2029 unprotected pick. <laughs> so, yeah. You, you you just they can't afford to do it, and I know they don't want to bid against themselves, but I think you have to pay Kyrie. You're kind of you're kind of over a barrel here. <laughs> you've yeah. got to you've got to you got to pay Kyrie what he wants, and then you go from there with the team building process. So uh, I think Kyrie likes it in Dallas. I think he wants to get paid. I think the Mavs have to just kind of do what they whatever they have to do to re-sign him, and then you go from there and try to fill in the gaps. And then, you know, who knows? Maybe if you, you know, draft a guy like uh, Derek Lively and, you know, another guy who might be capable of uh, producing from day one, maybe those small additions paired with, you know, taking a guy like Christian Wood out of the locker room, uh, maybe that's enough to get you over the hump next year. I think I speak for everybody, and I'll let you give your take on this too, DJ, but I feel like it can't be any worse next season than what we experienced in the second half of this season. It's really hard for me to imagine it being any worse. (laughs) Yeah, no way. No way. Um, Shout out to Luca, by the way. Shout out to Luca because he finished the year averaging 32 points eight rebounds and eight assists or almost nine rebounds and eight assists. He's the first player since Michael Jordan uh, to average at least 32, eight and eight in a season. Or then, no, he's the only other person. Jordan is the only other player in NBA history uh, to have at least those averages. And it was in the, the 88, 89 season for the Chicago Bulls. So shout out to Luca. He did everything humanly possible uh, this season and then toward the end of the year when he kind of got hurt a few times he got really frustrated because you know statistically he had one of the best seasons in Mavericks history and it it just kind of went to waste so yeah that can't happen again it it can't um it all just goes back to what you said earlier major moves have to be made and you know unfortunately the first part of this is entirely based off chance and you know we don't want to leave anything up to chance but that's what the the lottery is um and you know you gotta pray that it treats us good and uh go from there and control what we can control but we absolutely must not lose Kyrie Irving for nothing if we do Oh, that'd be very bad. That'd be a very bad look. That'd be a very bad look towards Luca. And right now, number one concern, we cannot lose Luca. The pitchforks will come out if, yeah. if Kyrie is, you know, if he ends up walking for nothing. And it's hard for me to imagine him walking for nothing, especially with the new CBA that just, yeah, that's going to go into effect because it kind of, it, it, the new CBA has made it harder for teams who are well above the, the tax level uh, to do sign and trades. So, you know, if a team like the Golden State Warriors or, or you know, the Phoenix Suns, uh, you know, if one of those teams wanted to sign Kyrie Irving, it's going to be really, you know, I don't see a path for that happening. 
it, no. would, it would be kind of, it would be really hard for that to happen. So with that being said, uh, you know, the only other, if Kyrie's just going to walk for nothing, he'd have to go and sign with a team like the Detroit Pistons or the Indiana yeah. Pacers. And, you know, I don't see it happening with the Pistons. I don't see it happening. You know, the Pacers already have Tyrese Halliburton, who's just amazing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so He's great. They're not going to mess up that. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think if you have a team like maybe, say the Lakers end up still being interested, maybe you can do a sign and trade there where you get back, uh, you know, some of the players from that three-team trade earlier this year. Maybe you get D'Angelo Russell and Jared Vanderbilt or something like that. Um, Two good pieces. Two good right, pieces. Right. I mean, I, that would be – that would be fine, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, as good as Luca and Kyrie are together, I want that to happen. I want him to stay. I'm just saying, if he does walk, I think the Mavs do have some options. And, uh, you know, I think it all comes down to Cuban just not playing with his money. Because if he offers him uh, – th- that's my biggest fear. You know, I know they don't want to bid against themselves, but I'm I'm, I'm fearful – of the Mavs lowballing him on the initial offer. And then we know how Kyrie is, you know, he might get offended uh, and feel like that trust has been broken. And then there's just, you know, no coming back from that at that point. (laughs) Yeah, no, we pay Kyrie. I mean, that's, that's the big thing right now. We have to do that. Yeah. I mean, and we've seen it in the past. We said it before the trade happened, you know, it's kind of, LeBron's game, I mean, Luca's game is similar to LeBron's game. He's taken a lot from how LeBron plays the game and added it to, to how he plays. And we saw how Kyrie and LeBron worked in Cleveland. And sure enough, at least offensively, uh, that is what has happened in Dallas. So if they add more size, if they add more defensive versatility around those two, I think we're in for a much better uh, bounce back season next year. But uh, look, another potential Kyrie backup plan. And look, there, there's we don't have enough time to go through every single uh, off season scenario here. That's what the that's what this long off season is for. Because we're gonna we're gonna have some pies where we just focus on uh, a handful of draft prospects, and then some pies we'll come on here and talk about you know some sign and trade opportunities and free agency by itself. But uh, one thing that kind of piqued my interest, made me raise my eyebrows a little bit earlier, and I'm, I'm writing a piece on it right now as we speak uh, for DallasBasketball.com, but uh, the Ringers' Kevin O'Connor wrote a piece on the Atlanta Hawks, uh, and he said – let me pull it up here. I got it in a separate window. Uh, he said, with the offseason approaching, league sources say the Hawks' front office has the green light from ownership to do whatever it wants with the roster which includes considering trade opportunities involving all-star point guard Trey Young. Um, Which, you know, and look, I mean, I, again, ideally, I would like for the Mavs to re-sign Kyrie Irving with no drama attached and, you know, clean cut, and then you move on to making the, the other roster improvements. But if that doesn't happen, maybe the Hawks become a sign-and-trade opportunity and you, you know, end up swapping Kyrie Irving for Trey Young. Uh, I know Trey has his has his warts. You know, he, he doesn't play 
defense at all. I mean, Kyrie, he's not a good defender either, but at least he tries. Uh, you know, he's just not big enough. But, yeah. uh, you know, Luca and, and Trey, they, they like each other. They're friends. Uh, they're always hanging out at, you know, all-star stuff. When both of them make it, Trey did not this past season. Uh, you know, when these trade rumors with Trey Young came first came up back in December, the betting odds came out and had the Dallas Mavericks as the top odds to trade for him. So you, you kind of wonder, like, what led to that? Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> Why were the Mavs listed as the, the top odds for trading? Now, obviously, that probably changed after they got Kyrie, but, uh, you know, that's something I'm keeping my eye on because uh, anytime it's somebody that Luca likes and has respect for, you know, they're the, around the same age, uh, I could see something like that formulating uh, in the offseason. So, um We'll just have to see how it goes. But, DJ, uh, what's your final thoughts as we put the, the finishing touches on this uh, Mavs obituary? <laughs> well, if we do have to sign and trade Kyrie, you know, Trey Young is very is a very interesting prospect, as is, you know, the possible D'Angelo Russell, uh, Jared Vanderbilt case. But what I would really like to see – is us address our lack of defensive ability, specifically on the wings. I would like uh, to see us pursue some big wings that can, that are really good three and D players. My wish list, my the probably the top of my wish list, and this is just a pipe dream, I know, but I'd love to see it happen. Would be us to pursue Brandon Ingram from the New Orleans uh, Pelicans. Oh um, man, he'd be so good in Dallas. He would be perfect. <laughs> He would be absolutely perfect for the exact same reason that Brandon Miller would be perfect. Same exact deal. Really long, really athletic, great defensively, can shoot it, can play off ball, can play off Luka really well. So if we do have to trade Kyrie Irving, I would like to see us address that because that would check so many boxes. And in my opinion, would check a lot more boxes than, say, Trey Young, or even D'Angelo Russell would. Now, I like Jared Vanderbilt. Jared Vanderbilt's defensive ability intrigues me. And if yeah. you were able to get both Jared Vanderbilt and D'Angelo Russell, I like that trade. But if we are not able to, I don't think I don't think we trade for a lesser version of Kyrie Irving, which is what Trey Young would be. He's heavily ball dominant. He's able to score, but he's not going to be great defensively. And right. And he's it, not it, as good offensively as Kyrie Irving. So, you know, I would really like to see us do something else if we have to. Well, and look, the, the Pelicans at some point, they're going to have to look at their situation and, you know, uh, not all the way pull the plug, but they're going to have to like, they're, they're going to have to do something different based on Zion Williamson just not being able to stay healthy because they have, they ooze with potential if he's able to stay healthy, but he just hasn't like, he's already yeah. missed more games in his first four seasons than, you know, LeBron has for his entire career is a stat that I saw uh, yeah. the other day, which is insane. <laughs> so, it's not uh, encouraging. No, it's not. And you know, the Pelicans, they can't be happy with just, you know, being a play in team every year and, and losing in the first round and, you know, just kind of on the mediocrity treadmill. But I love that idea. Here's one more I'm going to throw at you. 
Uh, and this is if the Mavs, you know, I, I don't know if a top 10 pick is good enough to get it done, but if they get into the top four, uh, look, if they get the number one pick, my initial take is that they should draft Victor Wimbanyama and run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even though, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you, man, I, I, you know, I have concerns of his long-term health just because of the track record in NBA history of guys that are that tall. Yeah. Uh, but also we've never seen anything like this guy before. So right. he's not your typical – I think he – some people say he's 7'3". I've seen some people say he's 7'5". Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he's he's gotten with Dirk's uh, trainer, Holger – and he does certain stretches and stuff to kind of, you know, fully prepare himself for game situations and is supposed to lessen his chances of getting injured. So he seems like he's really determined to keep uh, real good care of his body, and hopefully that helps. But, you know, when you're that long and you're that big, I mean, it's just – it's it's hard because your tendons are stretched out longer. I mean, it's just there's more there's more uh, chance for you to get injured in that. So that's that's the biggest thing with me. I I think his potential's off the charts. I think he is every single thing that the Mavs need if he did stay healthy and he puts on a little more weight. But you know that's just that's the only thing that has me going all in. Like okay. I wouldn't even consider trade opportunities. But, look, I say all that just to say, you know, if the Mavs end up getting picked two, three, or four, I think they need to be contacting the uh, Toronto Raptors and see if you can get Pascal Siakam and OG Anano. Uh, because, I mean, I think you – and maybe you can't get both of those guys with just that one pick. But, you know, if you have picked two, three, or four – and you have the ability to trade that 2027 pick as well, uh, you know, I think that checks a lot of boxes for the Mavs if they can add Siakam and Ananobi um, to the roster. I mean, that would that'd, be, be great. <laughs> that, that You know, the, the Raptors have been teetering on a full rebuild anyway. So, I mean, I, I feel like that would – I could see uh, Masai Ujiri – uh, the GM for Toronto, I could see him going for something like that. Like, okay, you know, say it's the pick, number, say it's pick number two, and you know they're not sure if uh, they're going to have Fred Van Vliet back. Uh, maybe they want to go out and get Scoot Henderson. Uh, yeah, and you know, I think that would be a prime op- opportunity for the Mavs to completely retool. And then you want to talk about, you know, you want to talk about an intriguing lineup for next season you have luca Kyrie, uh let's say josh green uh well we, we got to figure out the center situation but let's just say like a small ball lineup of luca Kyrie, josh green og ananobi and pascal siakam i could see that lineup just shredding people <laughs> yeah that would be tough that would be tough <laughs> But uh, that's one of my that's one of my pipe dream scenarios for the summer. But we'll we'll speculate on this for the next month. Uh, but you know it's it's going to come to a head pretty soon. May sixteenth is the lottery. Uh, our eyes will be glued on that, and we will find out pretty quick uh, if the Mavs move up or not because they'll start with pick fourteen and move their way down. 
And look, as long as they get to pick number 11 and the Mavs logo doesn't show up, I'll be happy either way. But, you know, if they get past 10 and that logo hasn't shown up, I'm going to start getting really excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's amazing. You know, the whole future of your franchise can be completely offered, altered just by a few ping pong balls. Uh, but... DJ, appreciate you joining me for this one. Uh, yet again, we will be back on here pretty soon. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna dig into some of these draft prospects and you know get a little bit more uh, info on who would be a, a good fit for the Mavs if they stayed at ten. Uh, you know some of the names in the later part of the first round of the draft that would be a good fit if they trade it back. Uh, and we'll we'll get into all that and some other offseason speculation going forward. But we're finally putting this season to bed. It was a frustrating one. Uh, you know, Luca was amazing. Kyrie was amazing when he played. Uh, but everything else was just kind of meh, and we're moving yeah. on. <laughs> so, DJ, I appreciate it. Y'all be sure to go follow him on Twitter at CoachDrew33. And, again, you can find me at Dalton underscore Trig. Uh, I'm going to be doing a lot of polls this offseason uh, and this summer just to kind of, you know, gauge where we're at uh, on certain topics like the the Victor Wimbanyama uh, Mavs topic we brought up in this one. You know, I, I'm going to I'm going to kind of gauge where you are at on some of that stuff. And then it's going to eventually make its way uh, onto the pod as a topic for for me and DJ to talk about. So, guys, appreciate it. Y'all have a great rest of your day. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next time. Okay.